You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Tempo Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And this is a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And for our second movie in our Halloween franchise, we're bringing a friend. Say hello, Chris. Hi, everybody. He is a fan of the show, and he was one of our winners in the prizes that we gave away for uh, giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. So thank you for that. Yeah, it was a cool prize. I was told something weird would be in it, and I did not acquire anything weird. You don't think Harry Potter blows with a bunch of penises in a bucket was weird enough for you? No, I think uh, next time maybe we'll do better on that. Challenge accepted. (laughs) All right, Matt, what did we watch this week? We were watching The Howling movies. So to this week, we watched The Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, or The Howling 2, Werewolf Bitch, whichever title you may have seen it under. (laughs) Or Howling 2, It's Not Over Yet. Yes, Uh, Let's listen to the trailer. Party time. Ow! It's the rocking, shocking new wave of horror. Howling 2. It's not over yet. All right, man. I know you love this one. So what's your history with this? This one might have been the first one I've seen. Um, I'm not really sure, I guess, the timelines of which ones I saw first. But this was just one that my video store had. And we'll talk about the cover in a minute. But obviously, it had a very attractive cover. Um, And it... I just tend to like movies that are kind of totally all over the place. And this one really struck me. So I just watched this. I rented this one a lot from my video store as a kid. Uh, And like I said, it may have been sort of my gateway into this franchise, but uh, not sure if I saw the first one or this one first, but uh, rented it all the time. Yeah, I didn't watch this one until after college. I'd always heard of it. I think I caught this in a... uh a magazine that said, you know, movies you haven't seen, but you should. And then I just rented it and I was like, what is this? And this is also something that I showed Sarah when I bought the Screen Factory edition many years ago. And she thinks this movie's hilarious, just loves it. So that's one of the rare ones I can watch, you know, a trash movie I can watch with her. And she's like, OK, I dig this. How about you, Chris? Uh, I don't remember watching it, but I remember bits and pieces. I used to just go to like my small town movie rental for dollar rentals and rent all the horror. Don't remember them though. So it's nice rewatching all this stuff again as an adult. 
Yeah, I miss those days. Going to a video store and just renting a shit ton of movies for like a few bucks and you just like spend a weekend. Yeah, they had a dollar a day. It was great. Oh, a dollar a day. Was it within walking distance? Right across from my school. Ooh, that's dangerous. I live in a town of like a thousand people. All right, Matt. This is the part of the show. You got to guess the box office. And I'm telling you right now, this might be difficult. So we got a movie directed by Philippi Mora. Screenplay by Robert Sarno and Gary Bradner. And Gary Bradner, who uh, this is based off his book, Howling 2, sort of based in quotations. I guess he likes this one a lot more than the one because he actually got to have input in it. He's not a big fan of the first one. Oh, well. Uh, released in December of 1985 on a budget of possibly $3 million. Oh, I just heard someone say that figure. Uh, so movies out at the same time. Rocky Four, Spies Like Us, The Jewel of the Nile, White Knights, which I have no idea what that is. Sounds like a Christmas movie, I assume. And then Santa Claus, the movie, which is ironically not about Santa Claus. Let's see. That was uh, a joke that didn't land, by the way. So just uh, bomb sound effect. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I've we've, we've talked about maybe doing it for the show before, but uh, I've never even seen it. A lot of people say it's really depressing. That's probably why we've never done it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm thinking with those movies in mind and then the $3 million budget, I'm still thinking low, but enough to warrant five more movies or whatever after this uh, six more movies after this so uh still gonna say low though five million that's my guess you should have gone much lower it was under a million dollars it was so low that box office mojo doesn't even record it it's hard to with movies in like pre like 88 uh that's hard uh, they didn't they didn't keep as good a track of box office numbers as well so i'm sure that's also difficult but like you said it also could have just yeah not been a big success either <laughs> no i was uh, telling chris before we started recording that uh, the director kind of realized that people were going to watch this movie when he sat down to watch it in the theater <laughs> it's like oh shit i it just it didn't run many theaters i couldn't even get a number uh even the budget is a mystery I just read somewhere that someone said it was about $3 million, uh, you know, guessing. So it's kind of a mystery. It, but this thing was really successful on home video. And a lot of these movies at this time period, this is where they made their money. I think uh, the director on the Howling 3 behind the scenes said, like, this thing may between, you know, after selling all these videos internationally and in the States, it was like six to seven million dollars. Well, that's good. So, so I ended up being close, but more with my more with the video numbers than uh, box office numbers. That's tough. This is just another one of those prime examples of movies that we're going to talk about that you know had that second life on video, and this one even going on to become sort of its own little cult classic. I'm surprised people like it that much. You can only see fifty percent of the movie, though. <laughs> it is dark. It is hard to see. Chris watched it on VHS. Uh, I only watched a little bit on VHS. I ended up switching because my tape was shit. Uh, this was a squeaker <laughs> during the play. Oh. oh, it's rough. I didn't know what to do. Uh, so I cleaned my VHS or uh, cleaned my player. And I'm like, sometimes that works. Popped it back in and it did work for a little bit. And then it started that squeaky. It's in the cartridge. You got to take it apart. Yeah, I just switched to the Blu-ray. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, now I can see the movie. <laughs> That's smart. 
I haven't seen this one on VHS in a long time because, yeah, I ended up having to watch this one on, on DVD. Uh, I have seen it on VHS before, though, so I kind of I kind of remember <laughs> it being, yeah, pretty dark and muddy and stuff like that. But this has always been one of those VHSs that I've been looking for for a while and haven't been able to get my hands on for a good price. So listeners, send it, send hook your boy up if you find it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Mine was not that expensive. I want to say I paid like five bucks for this somewhere a long time ago. I got all of mine minus five for $45. Okay. Yeah. So you went eBay style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only place I could find it. I mean, I think collectors kind of just hold on to this one. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, I wish it was a little cleaner, but whatever. Uh, let's get into the box art here. It's a HBO Canon video. And mine, just to, we don't really talk about the tape so much, but clearly mine was owned by a smoker. <laughs> it's uh, got that nasty orange coloring that I, I've heard a lot of people say that's because it was in a, an environment where someone smoked a lot. Yeah, that's how mine looks. Oh, so maybe it's just an ugly tape. Who knows? <clears throat> we got HBO Canon video and then a, a little tagline here above is torture, death, and the destruction reigns supreme in the castle of werewolves. Oh, yeah. And then we got our sexy Silva Danning here and her sunglasses on the front. And this always confused me as a kid. I thought this was a vampire movie. It does kind of look like it with the cover. Like... It, or, or like, you know, some kind of cross between the two. <laughs> yeah. And as a stupid kid, I guess I just didn't read Howling and figure it out, even though I'd probably seen the Howling at that point. <laughs> well, like I said, like I said, like, I don't even know if this is like the first one that I saw. So, like, you know, when we were younger and going to the video store, it didn't matter if your video store just had part two. You just you just saw part two. You didn't you didn't even care what the continuation was. You didn't know, you know, if it was a werewolf vampire thing, if it was some genre mashup thing, you didn't know. Back again before the internet, kids, we just uh, we just saw what we had access to. So <laughs> it was just a fun Friday night with your friends. Exactly. Oh man, sleepovers, and we got away with like written some scary movies. Like my parents were very selective about what scary movies they'd let us watch. I don't know why. This one, they probably looked at the back and saw Sybil Danning's cleavage and said, mm, "No, there could be nudity in here. We're, you're allowed to watch people get slaughtered, but no boobies." Even though we got plenty of boobies in those movies because they they just let us downstairs and they're like, OK, watch away. Bye. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, it's got a sweet font for the Howling 2 title and then a subtitle on it. It's not over yet. I always like this one. It's stuck with me. How like the O is open, I guess, like a wolf howling. Very comic booky too, mm -hmm. uh, which is of, of this time, I suppose. But I, yeah, I like it too. It's very attractive, and it's unmistakably going to be like a horror or monster or you know, effects heavy gore, whatever. Like it's going to hit a sweet spot for you as a fan when you see you know stuff like this. It's it's appealing to its market. Yeah, and since Chris has got all three of them, he can probably see that all of them have someone tearing through the cover. Yeah, I can go grab the other ones, too. But yeah, they all have somebody tearing through the cover. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. I don't know if the fourth one continues that because I can't remember what the fourth cover looks like. But I like that the first three here have that. It's cool. It's a nice relation to each other. Flipping over to the back, we see it's done by Hemsdale. It's been a while since we've done a Hemsdale film. The description here, convinced that his sister has been the victim of a brutal murder. 
Ben, an out-of-town law officer, determines to bring her killer to justice. Ben is approached by an expert on the occult who believes his sister has been the victim of a werewolf cult. To put an end to the evil perpetrated by the werewolves, Ben and his sister's best friend travel to the dark country, Transylvania, to a decaying palace where torture, death, chaos, and destruction reign supreme. We got three production stills here. We've got an actual wolf. I don't remember this in the movie. Kind of looks like it's a wolf in a museum. So maybe they <laughs> just were walking around Transylvania, found one, and took a picture of it. And then we got Sybil Danning with her cleavage all hanging out in that badass costume that she can barely walk in. And then we got Ben and Jenny kissing and Jenny's covered in blood. So there you go. Guarantee a lot of people rented this movie off of Sybil Danning's cleavage. Yeah, most likely. And they got what they came for, especially if they stayed for the end credits. (laughs) Yeah, it repeated 17 times. Yeah, and she got that cut down. It was more. (laughs) Uh, She went to the producer and like barged into his office and she's like, I'm not going to, you know, do any publicity for this movie if you don't take that out. And of course he did. And she's like, but I got it down to 17, which is good. I'm like, well, how many were before? How did they how did they decide on that number? It's funny, though, because they've got all the characters reacting after she rips. (laughs) I wonder if there are more times of, yeah, her shirt ripping open in the end credits or appearances of the song. Which one happens more in the movie? How many times does that song needle drop throughout this film? Is it also 17? (laughs) That is the entire soundtrack. I know. Is there? There's got to be at least another song, right? I didn't look up the soundtrack. I didn't notice one. This was like they didn't even have like atmos- atmospheric like songs going on. In the <laughs> no. Oh shit! Yeah, I'm not seeing anything in the soundtrack. So, oh, that's that's awesome. Hey, they got their money's worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We want to remind you to go rate and review us on Apple Podcast or subscribe on YouTube. The reviewing of the Apple Podcast helps us a lot, and that's why we thank Chris before. Uh, we are going to come back and have something for Christmas. You know, we'll probably mail it after Christmas because <laughs> the post office is a nightmare during the Christmas time. But, you know, uh, we'll have another review uh, prize coming up. So remember that. But hey, review now. It'll still count. Don't worry. And we've got to up our weird, apparently. So get ready for that. <laughs> yeah, challenge accepted. Shit. <laughs> Chris called us out. <laughs> All right, feature presentation. And now, our feature presentation. Sadly, no trailers in this, but we've got a hell of a movie to talk about, so no problem. Uh, It starts out with a reading from Christopher Lee, which I just thought was just really out of place. I like it just because it's out of place, but here it is. For it is written, the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with her blood. And I saw her sit upon a hairy beast, and she held forth a golden chalice full of the filthiness of her fornications. And upon her forehead was written, Behold, I am the great mother of harlots and all abominations of the earth. A dude could read anything and make it interesting. It sounds brutal. (laughs) <laughs> like it is great you know i I've, i heard that christopher lee didn't like love doing this movie whatever but like he he sounds amazing he is committed 
in the movie though like he may not have loved doing it but like he's he, that's the thing you do you get when you get christopher lee you're still gonna get a good performance and he's gonna give you creepy shit like that yeah i mean i know he really hated working with the Ginny actor Oof, he thought she was awful and she's not good he's the only good performance in the entire thing yeah i mean ben's fine for a b movie uh but Ginny, yeah i could see what he's talking about she seems like just lost <laughs> <laughs> and which was bizarre is I kept looking at her and I couldn't figure out where she was from. I'd seen her. And then when I looked her up on IMDb, she's the uh, woman who tries to in Beetlejuice, get them to sell the house. She's like, I designed, uh, I did all the interior design in this. So uh, she got much better. She's in a lot of stuff. She said, she said a nice career, but this is not one of her highlights. Cause I noticed she didn't come back for uh Screen factories behind the scenes or anything like that. She was the only one of the main actors that didn't. Christopher Lee, of course, didn't because he died the same year it came out. It's a little unfair. But anyway, yeah, it starts out in the funeral. And I love how Christopher Lee comes up right to him, uh, gives him a card, <laughs> the occult card and everything. And eventually somehow tells him, I think your sister's a werewolf. I was like, ooh, Christopher Lee. Uh, timing's a little bad there. <laughs> Just like this movie just kind of starts right off like no, you know, like you just get in with that Christopher Lee stuff. It's like, that's how he is in this movie, too. He's like, your sister's a werewolf. We should go to the motherland. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then he's just like, yeah, you know, you got to kill him with silver bullets. And he talks about stuff. But did you guys catch that they mentioned that the blades were made out of titanium? And I was so confused by that. It's because the one babe werewolf is immune. So he has to have titanium for her. Oh, I didn't catch that. So Sturba's immune to silver? No, no, the the other one. And I can't find her at all on IMDb. Oh, the other one that was in the threesome? Yeah, I think it's Marsha A. Hunt. Oh, no, no, she's as uh, Mirian. I think it was Mirian. Oh, I didn't catch that. So that's mm-hmm. why they kept saying titanium. All right. I just love how, you know, they go immediately. They're like, okay, well, let's go stab my sister (laughs) and make sure. I think he was just going to, because Christopher Lee is going to go no matter what. Uh, They get attacked by that old werewolf. And I love how uh, Ben actually ends up killing his own sister. (laughs) Shoots her. But that that old man uh, werewolf makeup was pretty damn good. I caught that right away. Oh, the wolves look awesome in this movie. Just period. Nah, I'm not going to go that far, but uh, this one did. <laughs> For what this is, <laughs> they look awesome. They talk about behind the scenes like they had no money, no time. A lot of these guys. I mean, the, Steve Johnson was on set. He's you know done everything, so he helped a lot. But he was talking about they had costumes that were apes. There's only so much you could do. And most of it was trying to get the faces to look cool. But there's just not a lot of time. And plus, they were working in Transylvania. You know, it's not like they were working in nice shops in L.A. Yeah. And I I think I'm a little easier, too, on this movie, considering like, you know, four and five withhold the werewolf until the last literal five minutes of the movie. So any little crumb they give us in this, I'm going to be happy. Ten year old me would have been stoked. I mean, 36 year old me couldn't tell until you told me. But (laughs) 10 year old would have been I would have been over the moon on this. I just love that the line that they stick in or Christopher Lee's is just like uh, something about evolution. So they've got to jump from man to ape to wolf. 
I guess. He says there's a there's a line of evolution from man to beast, and on her hundredth centennial, it's it's gonna complete it. That's why he <laughs> wants to kill her in time. Uh, some crazy sci-fi bullshit line. I love it though. Never has to make sense. Nope. Just uh, get going, and then they immediately go to the dark country, Transylvania, and we go to this bizarre uh, festival that's going on, and uh, these people. You know, running around. I just love how they get there. And then Ben and Jenny are like, oh, time to get down to business. And I'm like, wow, that was quick. I wrote about that. Yeah, it is. That is like, hey, it's uh, we're in a weird country and a bunch of shit's going on. You want to bang? That was quick. Yeah. There was nothing, nothing in between there. But I oh, yeah. You know what? I forgot to mention that they before this, uh, we get uh, this song in a club. On the ground, I love that. But yeah, Christopher Lee in those sunglasses before we get the first like werewolf attacks. That's legendary. That image right there is burnt in my mind. Iconic. New wave iconic. I wonder how many bands use that image of him in those glasses back. I mean, I don't know if anyone ever has, but they should. There's not enough. I bet there there were flyers printed out Xerox copy flyers passed out in the late 80s that definitely had that. It's <laughs> just Xerox, like a thousand of them. On the on those pink paper that they you know colored paper that they had at those office maxes back in the day with the little tabs at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I noticed that like Stefan just instantly has a lot of friends in this country willing to ha- help him. Uh, I guess he's just uh, been to Transylvania a few times. He's a werewolf slayer, of course. Yeah, He's the man. <laughs> he is. Uh, now, this scene coming up, the werewolf threesome. I have never seen Sarah laugh so much at trash. She is giggling. She's laughing. She's like, oh, my God. They're, they're like sitting there in those hair suits. Why don't they fully change? And I'm like, because they don't have any money, babe. <laughs> I will say it messed up my search history for a bit. <laughs> I will say it didn't change mine that much. And I just don't know what it has to say about me. But <sighs> yeah, Google's like, it's Wednesday for Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's back on his werewolf shit. <laughs> The, the best thing about this is Steve Johnson tells a story that the actor, the male actor in this, I don't know his name, but they forgot to put like, uh, you know, a G string or a cod piece or something uh, with hair on it. Uh, so he had to literally glue uh, werewolf hair onto this dude's dick. And he said it was weird. We were all joking about it. First time he ever done it. And the guy's like, don't worry. It's the first time I've ever had anyone, you know, glue hair onto my dick. And then he started to get an erection, and to stop himself, he started singing opera. And Steve Johnson just cracked up. He's like, well, that's the first and last time I ever did that. Well, that's a normal Wednesday for Matt. Yeah, I was just about to say, I don't know. That <laughs> didn't, didn't seem weird at all to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sybil Danning talking about this scene is hilarious, how she's like, Christopher Lee told me that I had to commit to this character no matter what. And that's why that scene, you know, I was okay with it. And uh, I'm just like, whatever you got to tell yourself, Sybil, <laughs> whatever you got to do. 
Sib- well, Sybil Danning's a badass. She's down for whatever. So <laughs> her filmography says that uh, she's yeah. game for whatever you could come up with for her. <laughs> I mean, she's 38 in this film. Damn. Looking damn good. Damn. I'm 31 and I'm a mummy compared to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say she looks better in all three of us. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The, the, little, the little person's head. When he uh, gets it like just squashed by her magic, that's a oh, great yeah. effect. Yeah, that was a great scene. I have seen this quite a few times. I always forget that she like puts some type of sound out there that like I don't know kills you. I never really get it. Uh, every time it happens, though, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, she's a sorceress. I keep forgetting. I don't know how I forget that in this film. You get werewolves. You get magic. You get Transylvania. You get were-apes. You get it all here. <laughs> you get a gargoyle that comes to life and kills like a priest. You get it all. And then, yeah, Karen, of course, is kidnapped, uh, which means Ben, Stefan, and his company of religious people have to go hunt down the were-apes and get Silva. Uh, it is it is funny to just see Ben in that Canadian tuxedo, all denim up, just like shooting were-apes back and forth. And you get Christopher Lee throwing a holy bomb. It's awesome. Denim Dan there. That was amazing. Yeah, it's it's nature's body armor. <laughs> so is that what it's called also? Jesus. It's got everything. He was he was like explaining that he did a thousand push ups a day. Nobody can do that many. That's what he said. He's lying. Uh, I also they mentioned that they kept the uh werewolves uh farther away from Ben and Christopher Lee because they were taller than all the wolves. Oh, yeah. Like Lord of the Rings stuff there. You got to make you got to make normal people look real short. Yep. Uh, I loved it, though, that and getting to that gargoyle. Uh, I would love to have that staff for Halloween. It's pretty dope. And and the gargoyle is pretty is particularly uh, Halloweeny looking yeah. as well. <laughs> also, when you look at her when she's walking with it, it like shakes a little bit because, you know, it's made out of, I don't know, latex or whatever. Rubber. <laughs> yeah, rubber latex. <laughs> I love it. One of her scenes when she was wearing the sunglasses, which end up get you know getting put on the cover, that was an accident. That wasn't supposed to happen. She got a body massage and a face massage, and apparently some of the oil got in her eyes. And you can see it throughout scenes in the movie where sometimes her eyes are mostly shut. Yeah, it's because they burn like hell. I thought that was cool because then that becomes the cover, the iconic cover. There's a lot of those like accidental things that everybody loves. She lessens sort of uh, Christopher Lee's cool then with the sunglasses as well. So there's a little spreading of the sunglass love. Yeah. And then when they get to the uh, castle and everything and the only part in this film, and I guess it just matches the whole thing, you know, when he hugs her and this like whole, all these lights are coming underneath him. And I guess he's casting a spell and they end up both dying. And we find out that they're brother and sister. That was the only thing where I just like, Oh, there's not like a really cool fight. I guess they didn't have time or money. They just like did a bunch of lights around them and they're both dead. I thought the ending was cool. You like that? Yeah, I thought I I didn't catch the brother and sister part, but. Yeah, because occasionally they'd cut to her and she'd be an old woman. And I I guess she drank the blood of her victims to stay young. Was that in there? I think, no, I think you're right. I think that that is what is happening here. Is that how she's staying immortal? Or have I just seen way too many horror movies where they do shit like that? No, I'm thinking I'm thinking that's what's happening in this one. How is he not a thousand years old then? Holy shit, you're right. How is he staying young? But he's like a is he like a sorcerer though? Like is he still like magic? 
even though he's not a wolf. What if he's a Democrat and he's drinking the blood of babies to stay young? I mean, that'll do it, too. Yeah, that's right. Underneath a pizza shack. Yeah, I mean, I love pizza shack. I mean, that's where you get your best baby blood. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Durr. So they go back immediately, which is pretty funny where they just immediately fly back and they get I think this is the director or the producer's apartment they're in. But can anyone explain to me what they're trying to do at the end here? Is it supposed to be funny or like a last scare? Both. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was more confusing. I was like, uh, OK, but that dude, the actor that they got weird as shit. And I thought it was the director at first, but I don't think it is. Yeah, I think all they're saying with the ending is just like the werewolves are here and they're they're running rampant still, you know. And then, yeah, they just have like this. Is it like a kid or is it an adult? Like what what is this final thing that we're seeing? I'm just wondering if this is why we got the credits next that were cut together because the, you know, someone saw this ending is like, oh, we need something better than that. And they're like, well, we do have Sybil Danning tearing off her top. I've got an idea. Oh, my gosh. When I first watched that, because I showed it also to Sarah, Sarah just thought that was the most amazing end credit she's ever seen. And I'm like, well, it is. It's to the beat of the song. Yeah. All, and then the reaction shots. When uh, Jenny's on the pole and her eyes get huge, that that reaction shot was the best for it, I thought. Yeah, and I liked when um, Christopher Lee does like the cross, the crucifix on his chest after one. Love that. Yeah. And then some of the creepy Ukrainian people, that older man with the big eyes he gets. That was pretty good. Which I, I this movie was recorded behind the Iron Curtain. They say a lot in the behind the scenes. Just a really oppressed country. Mm hmm. And they said the food was awful. That was uh, one of uh, Ben, uh, Rob Brown, who played Ben. He was also Captain America. I don't think we mentioned in like the late 70s. Have you guys ever seen those movies? I have. They're pretty fun. They're they're honestly pretty fun. They're like TV movies from the 70s, but they're, they've got some fun stuff in it. And Christopher Lee is in the second one. So the connection with this movie. Oh, that's pretty good. Are they bad? Yeah, They're not like the 90s Captain America kind of. Mm bad but they're like 70s tv movie bad you know mm -hmm. we're like the first hour of it's mostly just boring exposition but then like in the last 45 minutes or whatever 40 minutes you get your captain america action you know and goofy 70s costuming and stuff like that good i love bad movies i'll have to i'll have to look into them i noticed it was in a motorcycle helmet yeah that's the look well yeah i, I could see why they did that because he probably rides around in a motorcycle he does. <laughs> the last thing I'm going to say on him is Captain America. Is his shield made out of glass in that? It looks see-through. I don't think it is. I think it's still supposed to be whatever Captain America, vibranium or whatever uh, Captain America's thing is. But it might be like, like it might just like kind of look translucent or whatever. But I think it's supposed to still be the stuff from the comics. I would actually like to watch those one day. I think uh, Shout Factory came out with them, too. Yeah, they're out. You can you can get them pretty easily. And like it's they're fun. They're just like fun TV movies to throw on. They're a little slow, but they're good. They do the trick. Yeah, those 70s TV movie type things. Yeah, they can they can drag a little bit. They got to fill some time. Yeah. Talky talky. Yep. Yeah. So do we recommend Howling 2? Yes, thoroughly. Yeah, absolutely. Wholeheartedly like this. It's it's. A horror comedy but it's not super heavy on like 
jokes necessarily. It's just weird. And it's got this bizarre tone uh, to it. And it kind of, it, I don't want to say like, I mean, we went through it pretty fast. It's not that it's plotless. It does have like a plot, but it just kind of is free with it in terms of just like, we're just going to be a wacky, weird movie. You know, there's werewolf orgies and threesomes and stuff like that in it. And like, it is played for laughs, but it's not super jokey. And we'll get to kind of jokey with the next movie. This one just walks this weird line uh, that I really like. So I wholeheartedly recommend this one. And somebody's got to hook me up with the VHS of this at some point. So <laughs> you got to watch the VHS. You you don't know what's going on half the time. <laughs> like it just makes it even weirder. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the VHS that I rented uh, much throughout the 90s that very dark HBO video one. So <laughs> yeah, the, the HBO one's really dark. They were saying other ones are like super bright to fix that. But yeah, I have the HBO version. Yeah, that's the one I remember my video store having. So that's what I'm 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 ready for that again. I need that experience again. It just flashes of weapons and like white shirts and then just some moonlight on a face. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, even the day scenes. Or they just kind of look like gray and overcast and everything. Because I remember in the funeral, because I got to that part in this before I got tired of the VHS whining at me. You like you just look and you can't really see the backgrounds too well. You see the sun coming through the trees and the leaves and everything. And uh, it's it's a fun movie. I I mean, yeah, we did go through it fast. It's got stuff in there you just you just don't see in other movies, and that's kind of what this director does. And he's got a fun, you know, sense of humor. He knew what he was making. Uh, now, the studio didn't so much like what he was making because I know he shot this as a horror comedy because, you know, he had ape suits from, you know, uh, Planet of the Apes that they bought, I guess, from Universal. And uh, the famous conversation where he called his producer and he's like, hey, uh, yeah, I, these are ape suits. I can't make a werewolf movie with this. And the producer said, you're creative, figure it out. Basically hung up on him. He did. He figured it out. Yeah, he did great. Now, he, they, he sent in his copy to them and then went on and started to make his other movies. And he said he when he finally saw this in a theater, I don't I think he flew home maybe to watch it. And I don't know where he watched it exactly, but they had recut it to make it more serious. And I think that's what makes this movie such a good, bad film is it's totally kind of just like back and forth. And you're like, wait, is this a real like scary movie? Because then you have some goofy stuff when you get to the like old country or I mean the dark country. Sorry, don't want to get in trouble there for messing that <laughs> up. But uh, I, yeah, this is just a fun, good, bad film that you just have a good time with. And I think this is a perfect party movie. Oh, absolutely. With those end credits, too, especially. I mean, if you've got this muted or you're just bumping this song over and over and over again um, at a party or whatever, it's definitely attention grabbing. And you were mentioning the, the sort of recut. I do think this is a movie that benefits from being sort of Franken-movied together here. Uh, it just adds to the weirdness and the tone of it. I, I think uh, if it were just a straight-up horror comedy, we would have gotten three which spoilers I like, but I like this one more. Ooh, there's going to be a battle in three then. I love it. It's the it's the reason all the time cuts exist, most likely, where they just skip stuff and you don't really know how they even got there. They're just <laughs> there now. And it, it almost is like, I don't care. They're there. I knew they were going to get there anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, you know, there was like a touching moment where Ben was talking about how much he misses his sister or something on a plane. And then Jenny's like, oh, I'm falling in love with this guy. And then they get to the hotel and bang and it would make sense. Yeah, they go from strangers to not strangers anymore real fast. <laughs> and then then they appear to be living together at the end of the <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else moved all their stuff together. That was quick. If that's where they're going to end up anyway, I don't need the fat. Just get me to where I'm going, you know? <laughs> well, that's the kind of thing about these straight to video. Well, this wasn't straight to video, but let's be honest is, you know, it, it lived on video, found its legs on video. Uh, that's what's great about these. You can just cut the fat on a lot of them. And people don't care. We're not here to watch like a grand story. We're, we're here to watch some fun. And uh, it did it. Nailed it. Yeah, I don't I don't need to see them falling in love. Just give me them blanking in the hotel room and I'm good to go. <laughs> oh no, I want that director's cut. That would be fun. I bet that doesn't exist either. They just burnt it. It never will. No. All right, let's go on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go on the film jungle like Indy and bring something back. Uh, I'll go first. Ooh, I, you know what? I think I got to go with her her outfit, her Sturba outfit that's like all leather and brass and everything. I think that's a great imagery from the film. Um, I almost wanted to go with the staff, but I'm going to go with the suit. The suit's pretty damn badass. It's good. I liked it. She looks great. All right, Chris, what you got? Everybody that knows me would think I just put like the interactive werewolf orgy behind like a velvet rope and everything, but I'm going to go, you know, the real derpy dudes in the intro and like behind her throne room, that painting of the four dudes, they look like they're ready to party and I'm down with that. I wonder like that must, was that already in the castle they were in? I have no idea. Yeah, because, oh, that'd be nice to know. I wonder if that was a custom piece that they put up. That was huge. Every time I seen it, it made me happy. And I was like, yeah. I also like that you brought up the, the werewolf orgy. That was madness. How could you not bring it up? Some of those people looked like they were really going to town. It was real. <laughs> it looked real. It was Wednesday. <laughs> uh, what do you got, Matt? I kind of I'm going to kind of go down the vibe that you guys are going with. And, you know, maybe maybe not so much the werewolf orgy, but like the new wave sort of look about the the movie which includes like Christopher Lee in the sunglasses and it includes kind of Sybil Danning's outfit and her in the sunglasses the band playing the song like so I I want to sort of deck out this section of the museum with sort of all of these costumes and all these looks and this uh just the new wave vibe so you're going to step into my corner for this in the museum the song's going to be playing the band's outfit's going to be there the sunglasses are going to be there and it's going to feel like you're stepping into 1985. That's a good choice. You know, a lot of people might think that the first Howling is the better film and everything, but I guarantee you the Howling 2's like wing of the museum here is going to look a lot cooler. It's <laughs> way more fun. Yeah. Well, just like that that wing of the museum is going to be more visited, I have to say I've seen this one the most. I have gone back to this movie the most times. So I mean, yeah, I'd be going back to the, the wing of the museum the most, too. It's like, yeah, I love and appreciate the first movie and think it's a classic. But there's there's something about re the rewatchability of this one that, yeah, I'd be revisiting that section all the time. Yeah, it is pretty sweet because the first Howling was on TV so much. 
But when it comes to like modern, you know, past like, you know, the last like 10 years, I've definitely watched this one more. It's just there, there's something about it. And I always just forget all the stuff that kind of happens in it because it is such a chaotic movie that like it is kind of a new experience every time I go back to it. That's the point of rewatching them. Like the, the first one's just too serious. And then when they get to the island, it just kind of drags for a bit. And it's like good. It's like solid movie making. But yeah. yeah, like there's something about the looseness of this. You can't hang out with your friends and talk shit on a movie that's done good. Yeah. <laughs> this is the perfect movie to hang out with your friends afterwards and talk about. Or like what someone watched for the first time and watch their head explode. All right, let's talk about what everyone was watching. I got Scream Factory's edition of Alone in the Dark, and that is a movie that needs to be watched. Uh, I'm glad that they came out with that. I I knew about the VHS because it's really hard to find one of the early New Line VHSs, but I never got to see it. I knew it was crazy. Everyone told me it was bonkers, but you know, Scream Factory comes out with it, and I can tell you, you got to watch that. It's 90 minutes of some weirdness, and it's fun. Now, you want to talk about another VHS that's dark. That movie, too, is really... Because I've got that VHS, and it is it is pretty muddy. <laughs> well, if you ever want to sell it to someone, you can pay for a really nice dinner, because that thing's like $150 now. It's a tough one. It's a weird movie. It's a weird movie. <laughs> Dude, Jack Palance is just perfectly over-the-top. Uh, same thing with... Um, Martin Landau and Donald Pleasance in that. Pleasance. Oh, Pleasance is such a weird doctor, especially, you know, since I've watched some of the Halloweens this month. And that one, he's just like, pure evil, we gotta kill him. And in this movie, he's just like, you must love them. They're all children. It's so weird. I love it. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm glad it's gonna have kind of a second life on uh, Blu-ray now with Scream Factory putting it out. They did a good job, too, and it's it's really well uh, put together, and it's uh, it's not dark. I can tell you that. You can see everything. <laughs> Excellent. A good cleanup job. Is it Alone in the Dark from 1982? Yep. Okay, because I was just getting video games and a remake. I think like there was one in the late 80s, too, or early 90s. Yeah, it looks early 90s, and it's like uh, Resident Evil style. Nope, definitely the one in 82. Oh, Jack Palance. Yeah, the poster for that looks uh, way better than the other movie. All right, Matt, you've been watching anything this month? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get in some spooky stuff uh, for Halloween. Um, and I've been watching a lot of series lately of some franchises. I've been going through, I'm not going to go through my opinions on all of them or anything like that. But like, I've been doing this Halloween, the Final Destination series. The Exorcist series and the um, Hellraiser first half of the series. You're a bold man. Going through those, uh, those are those have been interesting. We're kind of in the center of all the series right now of those three, and like that's where things kind of slow down. <laughs> How many Exorcist movies are there actually? Five, and there it basically because there's two versions of four, so there's five movies. Okay. The series is really good. I liked it. I need to watch that. I've never seen it. I've seen them all the movies, so now I'm just kind of going back through them. But I, I do think, you know, come sleepy cold November, I might be putting on the, the show because it's on Hulu now. And I, I never saw it, and I keep hearing good things. I mean, it dies down there at the end, but it's it's good in the beginning, in like the middle. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I, it's not that long either, so I, I, I'm mm, down it's to... It's like two kinda... seasons, three seasons? 
perfect yeah easy so i think i am gonna go through that after i'm done with the after, after i'm finished with the movies all right chris you've been watching anything other than howlings not really i've been busy but i watched squid game i binged that the other day it's really good actually if you like depressing ass korean cinema it is really good yeah i've heard fantastic things the guy at work that just keeps pestering me to watch it. And I'm like, I'm going to get to it. It's, it's, it's Halloween season. It's hard. I tried to make it like 15 years ago. So it lines up with a bunch of those old like Korean and Japanese like uh, gore films. It's got the same vibe. It's depressing and sad and vibrant and violent. It's good. Yeah, those those Koreans in there. Uh, yeah, they got something. They, they definitely have their own uh, their own shtick. Their madness. I think it's cool that like I, I haven't watched it or anything like that. And I, I, I just right now I'm having a hard time with like depressing stuff. So like I probably am not going to watch it for a minute, uh, but I'll get to it eventually. But I do really like that, like much like our 2000s kind of J horror thing. We're kind of in a K horror phase right now. And I, I dig it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And it's nice because we get such a plethora of stuff from other countries now with the streaming services it's it's pretty cool you know a lot of the stuff that we just never got to see back in the 90s or 80s because like we said earlier whatever the video store had that's all we that's had. what you saw <laughs> and i know they weren't going to be like bringing in any japanese or korean stuff back in the yeah, day that's why i like trailers so much that's how you requested movies oh really yeah i could request movies they'd try to get them but yeah i'd just watch all the trailers and write them all down well you were a much smarter kid well, you're also luckier than I because my video store was like, we got what we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would write in suggestions every once in a while for the full moon stuff that was on the full moon, you know, like the trailers for the full moon. And I don't think they ever got any, maybe like one or two because they're like kids. No one's freaking written these. <laughs> yeah, and they, they cost a lot for video stores to get unless yeah. they uh, do the legal method of just buying the DVD and renting it. Hey, I still have fond memories of just renting the weird stuff that they'd occasionally come about. You know, you always knew they probably bought them in a package. They're like, okay, if you buy this popular one, you get these two other whatevers. And then we we were always like, oh, the whatevers. We want those. All right. Well, that will end it this week. Chris, thank you for coming on. But don't worry, folks. He'll be back for number three. And uh, we'll say goodbye. So remember to be kind. And rewind.